Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Who do you like? 
Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, man. I was born and raised in Texas, so I got to got to cheer for my Cowboys. Oh, man, we're already starting off on a bad foot. I, I am uh, <laughs> I am all things against. I am so anti Dallas Cowboys that I I'm I'm from Ohio, so I'm a huge Ohio Ohio State fan. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, Michigan is is my huge opposition, uh, but you know I, I, I Dallas Texas is like. Well, D- Dallas and Cowboys is, is like the Michigan of college football to me, man. I don't, I, I don't know what he. When I was a kid, I was I grew up to be a, a San Francisco 49ers fan. I'm kind of you know I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan ever since about '95 or about '95 when Eddie George went over to Tennessee and went to the NFL. But yeah, I, ever since I was a kid, man, didn't like the Cowboys so. Who's uh, so oh, I'm proposing that the 49ers is is your is who you don't like, right? Since they're the Cowboys rivals. Um, yeah, I mean, I really I don't have a big problem with 49ers. Um, they're actually one of my go-to teams in Madden. I uh, I'm always stomping out Chamberlain's <laughs> ass with them. So, um, but yeah. no, I mean, uh, really, man, the the Redskins would probably Redskins or the Giants would probably be my two least favorite teams. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to say, I'm not a I'm not a huge like bandwagon for the Pats, you know, thing either. I know everybody's complaining about the Pats right now, but I'm not a huge Pats fan either, you know. I, I kind of – I don't like to cheer for the people that are constantly winning because they have the most money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I agree with you there. Uh, I'm, like I said, so, I'm a huge Tennessee uh, I'm, Titans fan. Yeah, I'm not a Yankees yeah. fan either, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, there we go. We're, we're, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. We had to rewind a little bit. We had to – you know, find out where we we are lined on the same page, and and there we go. I, I can't stand the Yankees, so I uh, I'm a big Indians fan in, uh, in in baseball, and so yeah, no Yankees for me too. So there we go. But you are actually starting. You you actually uh, are, are a big name of uh, an upstarting promotion called Paragon Pro Wrestling. So before we you know get to the life and times of Jesse Sorensen and just uh, all the things uh, that you've been doing the past few years and questions that people uh, on the live stream, RealWrestling.net has. We're just going to have some fun. Uh, but let, let us let us know early here about Paragon Pro Wrestling and how uh, that's an upstarting promotion is really starting to get some steam already. Uh, yeah, man. I actually started working for them um, a few months ago, and it started out as you know what I thought was just you know another – independent promotion that uh you know seemed to be drawing pretty well and then um you know they they recently got their tv deal and it's it's been taken off man and i gotta say it's a it's a good place to work too you know it's fun um we go out there the first tuesday of every month and and shoot tv and it's a cool environment man there's a lot of good people around you know they got matt striker d-lo brown gangrel you know so there's there's a lot of other names out there um and it's the way they've got it put together, man, is actually really professional. I'm really happy with how everything's ran out there. And it's a cool show, you know. They, I mean, there's a lot of kids that come to the show. And like you said, it's been picking up some steam. You know, as soon as they released the uh, the deal about Pop TV, I seen, you know, every dirt sheet was talking about it. So it's definitely, it's got a, it's got a pretty good following so far. And, I, you know, I think it's going to wind up being a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I... 
I am a fellow dirt sheet rider, so I I would definitely have to agree with you on that. <laughs> definitely, yeah, it's uh, crazy, man. I, you know, I heard about them. Uh, you know, one of my buddies was like, "Oh man, they're all over the dirt sheets," and we had just got back from a, a TV taping or whatever out there, and man, it really it blew up. And you know, I'm hoping that when the uh, first episode airs, I believe it's in June. You know, everybody keeps talking, and I hope it's all positive stuff. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and it's uh, it's it's on the West Coast. Where's it based out of again? Uh, we're based out of Vegas. Yeah, we've been running. Um, yeah. We actually just started running in uh, Samstown, um, which is a pretty mm-hmm. cool casino. We were running out in a we were running out of Texas Station there for a while, but we started in Samstown. I think it was last week we ran out there and filmed the first TV. But uh, no, man, it's cool. You know, the venue's cool. It, it you know it looks like a, a wrestling show. You know, it doesn't it doesn't look indie by any means and. You know, I mean, I gotta say they got their stuff together, man. Like it's it's really cool. Yeah, and the belt looks nice too, man. I, you know, it's so funny because I I follow I follow a lot of indie uh, promotions, and uh, it's it's funny because a lot of indie promotions, and I understand, you know, I've I've worked with some indie wrestlers. I've uh, done a lot of indie work as far as just uh, journalism, and, and I know uh, I actually am friends with the indie wrestler who tells me, you know, uh, all about just the indie life. And a lot of the indie championships are the big gold belt with just some stickers over it, and and it's it, it's it, when I look at that, I'm like, oh man, this is this is kind of sad. I understand it's a budget. I understand that. You know, it's all about draw. I've been actually promoting myself uh, just in the in the Christian events field for ten years now. So I understand about draw. I understand about door. I understand about you know having enough money to pay people and things like that and buildings and venues. I get it. But it's like, man, it, it and I always wish the best for people and, and independent promotions. And you get that belt. But I tell you what, man, the the uh, the Paragon Pro Wrestling, the the championship there is it's very very nice man it's a very nice looking belt and definitely it has like a new japan feel toward towards it so and uh so uh, if you go on i'm not this isn't a spo- spoiler if you go uh, on uh, paragonprowrestling.com you'll see one jesse Sorensen holding the belt and uh hoisted up as well so um is is there something that we need to be looking forward to uh there is man you know i'm uh I've been calling myself as of late the Paragon uh, Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion of the World, um, and you know I actually just won that belt off of uh, off of Caleb Connolly. But yeah, like I said, man, like you know, I kind of how you said about the indie titles. You know, a lot of them it is funny because they are just stickers, and most of them I've worked independent shows around the U.S. that a lot of them have the exact same belt. Um, but that's that's cool about the Paragon title. It is different. You know, it's it's got a different look to it. Um, and it looks legit, and you know, like I said, I think Paragon is the next legit thing. So, um, you know, at least their titles are you know up to par. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so far, and and it's only you know you've only been there for a few months. So far, who what's been your best uh, your best match that you can that you can uh, let us know about? Uh, well, you know, I had a really great match with. Uh, with Alex Chamberlain, who's a good friend of mine, we'd actually never worked together um, and went in the first match we did and uh, had a really great match. And I think I've worked Caleb Connolly now, another guy I'd never worked before. Um, I just knew off the independent scene. I've worked him probably five, six times now. 
Um, and it's funny because both Alex and Caleb, every time we've wrestled, Matt Stryker and all the boys in the back are like, damn, man, how many times you guys work together? Never worked with them at all and just go out there and have great matches with them. So those are definitely my top two people I've worked with out there, and I can just go in and I know I can have a good match with every time. So I think yeah. the way it looks, Caleb and I, we're going to have a probably a year rivalry the way it's going now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> and so rewinding, rewinding a little bit uh, way, way back. So you've been in the business relatively uh, for, what, six, seven years now? So you, you haven't been in there for uh, in the business for a long time. You, you, you came from the Team 3D Academy, am I correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started. Uh, I started 3Ds when I was when I was 19. So, yeah, I just actually I'm feeling old now, man. I just turned 26 uh, last month. So, so yeah, I started when I was started when I was 19, and uh, you know I've done a I've done a lot of cool stuff in a really short amount of time. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, from the <laughs> you're you're 26, you feel old, so. Yikes! <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, well. It comes with it comes with the territory. Of, it comes with the territory of wrestling, man. It's, uh, that's true. You know, you, true. you get beat up a lot. Yeah, seven years in in, in pro wrestling is, uh, you know, I'm sure it's kind of like dog years. You know, you probably Bro. feel like you're, Brother. you know, fifty. Feels like so. feels like seventy. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. So the affiliation with the 3D Academy. Uh, kind of prompted you to it, it kind of really gave you the break to go in TNA but before TNA uh you you did some indie work correct uh, I did yeah actually you know I finished team 3D academy one thing about like going to 3Ds is like when you first started um it was all about learning the basics and doing it over and over and over again until you had everything down and Bubba and Devarn weren't really cool with guys working independent shows because they didn't want anybody picking up bad habits that they were trying to break or they were trying to teach you yeah. a proper way of, of doing things. So I didn't work indies for a while. Um, and then after I left 3Ds, I started working indies around Texas and I worked some in Oklahoma. And then eventually I, you know, everybody, if you, anybody from any other state will always tell you, oh, Florida's where it's at. No matter where you are, for some reason, everybody always said Florida was where it's at. Like it was like this magical wrestling land where you just go and get signed. Um, and so, you know, I was in Texas and everybody would say, oh, Florida is where you have to be. Um, and I actually got a call from one of my buddies who, you know, told me that Brian Nobbs and Hulk Hogan were running a school down in Clearwater. So I packed my stuff up and moved back to Florida and started training there. Um, and I trained with Nobbs and Hogan for probably about six months. And that's when I got my shot at TNA. So what made you want to become a wrestler? I mean, you... Um, you know, you're, you're, I know you're from Texas, and and I don't know if you. I mean, you're, you're a young cat, so you know, I'd imagine that you, maybe growing up in the '90s, it was more. It, it was more going toward attitude era was probably, you know, what you grew up with, and so was it were you inspired by the attitude era was it just i mean were you just working out and somebody you know uh, recruited you what why wrestling you know it's weird man because like i know everybody has that oh since i was five years old and i saw the macho man or hulk hogan wrestle i wanted to be a wrestler and like i actually grew up in a house like i wasn't allowed to watch wrestling um and you know growing up in texas like it's it's football or it's nothing you know so i played football my entire life growing up 
Um, and I grew up in a town of 400 people in Texas. So, like, you know, professional wrestling wasn't something that everybody really paid a whole lot of attention to. And, like, I don't know, I wasn't I wasn't around, allowed to watch, like, Simpsons or, you know, shows like that. And, like, wrestling, like, I don't think I even saw it until I was, you know, a little bit older. But I remember I watched WCW, and I had no clue what WWF was. Like, you know, I had no idea. Um, and I watched WCW and, you know, I became a fan then. And I remember like, I would even have it on and my mom would come in the room and I'd have to switch channels because, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch that. Um, and then ECW would always come on really late at night. And I remember my grandma would let me like sneak into a room and watch ECW like at night. And I would always get in trouble like the next day for like blabbing to my little brother about what happened or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of like more my teen years that I really started getting into it. And, uh, I don't know. I, I did the traditional, like graduate high school and go to college. And I went to college for about a year and had no clue what I was going for. Um, and I think, like I said, about after a year, you know, I'd seen 3D had the school and I knew like Harley Race had a school and stuff. And I finally told my parents, I was like, look, I'm just kind of tired of wasting time and money. And I really, I want to try this wrestling thing. Um, and so I packed up my stuff and within a couple of weeks I moved to Florida and paid Bubba and Devon my, my start fee and started going from there. And then, you know, everything actually happened pretty quick. Cause it was funny. Cause you know, when you quit college and tell everybody you want to be a professional wrestler, immediately everybody thinks it's the dumbest idea in the world. And what are the odds of making it as a professional wrestler? And, you know, like I said, I quit college when I was 19 and I was signed by the age of 21. So it worked out and it was cool, but uh, you know, it was definitely not the traditional thing that a kid tells their parents they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, interesting, and and so basically being in the team D, uh, team three D, you know, academy, and of course, like you said, really good points there about the indies and them trying to, you know, <laughs> have their students break away from, you know, uh, what they're accustomed to. Uh, so, uh, 2011, I believe it was. I mean, team three D was still, you know, involved in, in TNA. So. How how did that come about? Was it you know um, Bully Ray or Bubba Ray and Devon? Did one of them come up to you and say, "Hey, we got a shot for you. We got an opportunity." Um, how how did that come about? No, actually, it was it wasn't even anything to do with 3Ds. And like, I mean, I owe like everything like training wise to Bubba and Devon, and like I owe a lot of my career to Bubba and Devon. But I actually. Um, I was, like I said, I was going to Brian Knob and Hulk Hogan school, uh, for a while and Eric Bischoff had come in, him and Hulk had come in and <clears throat> watched us do some matches. And I remember I'd wrestled Dakota Darso, um, in a, in a match there at the school and Eric Bischoff just happened to really like the match and invited us to come down to TNA one day. And we wound up going down and doing like a, I guess a, what you'd call a dark match, but it was like at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, there in the impact zone, we did it in front of like nobody, just agents. And Eric didn't see our match, and he came up to us and he was like, "Hey, did you already wrestle?" And we were like, yeah, we we wrestled already. And he goes, "Well, I want you to do that same match that you did, but I want you to do it as a dark match before impact tonight when you actually have a crowd." Um, so we did our match, whatever you know, went home with you know high hopes, just like everybody else would have, and didn't hear back for like another month and we knew that they were going to sign somebody because it was kind of getting around to where like the X division was getting built up at the time. You know, they, there were several times they tried to revamp the X division and this is one of those times. And I remember Dakota and I were really good friends. We were actually like next door neighbors 
And Dakota Darso and I are sitting around. I'm like, hey, did they call you yet? They hadn't called him. He'd, he'd asked me the same thing. And for about a month, both him and I were like, all right, are they, they're going to call somebody. Um, and then they finally gave me the call and had me come in and do a, a three-way match for the like, little X Division tournament. And I worked uh, Anthony Nice and Jack Evans, I think it was. Um, we did a three-way. And the winner got to move on in the tournament. And I actually lost. So I thought that was going to be like my short little run with TNA, and that was it. Um, and then about two weeks later, I got a call from Bruce Pritchard, and he offered me a deal to come in and sign with TNA. So, but it actually, yeah, like I said, it, it didn't. Although Bob and Devon had, a, you know, everything to do with my career and getting to that point and training me, like I remember, I got to, uh, I got there, and Bubba, you know, had asked me who who actually got me the shot, and I was like, well, you know, Eric Bischoff did. So, um, but even then, I told Bubba, I was like, look, man, you know, you're the one who trained me, you're the one who got me to this point so I, I owe a lot to them that's awesome yeah i mean of course they have an endorsement by you know hogan and bischoff you know that's that's amazing as well so yeah that's that's it and it's and it's crazy because you know that's you know three years from starting you know you get a uh, you land an opportunity in, in tna and you know there's so many people in the indie scenes that just dream you know to have that type of television exposure uh with with tna so basically you had your you had your uh shot with jack evans and anthony niece and then uh basically it was the x division they really wanted to uh just kind of make the x edition make the x division back to where it used to be and just kind of uh, uh, bring it up and lift it up. Yeah, I think that was the attempt. You know, that there were several times that, that that was supposed to happen. You know, they always wanted to revamp the X Division. Yeah. So many times it failed, and it was. I think it was just the original X Division was what I feel like built TNA and put TNA on the map. Um, oh, sure. And it's really hard to re- it's really hard to recreate that. You know, there was there was times where you know we all tried and. You know, it's just hard when you you don't have the same guys and you don't it doesn't have the same feel and they're not getting the same spotlight as they were once getting. I remember ordering TNA pay per views on like Wednesdays for ten bucks and the main event was oh, yeah. X Division guys. You know, you know, and the, to me that's what drew me to TNA is the X Division. But you know, it yeah. was cool. You know yeah. that they were going to do that run and try to revamp the X Division. And I was really excited to be a part of that. Yeah, I remember that too. I remember you know uh, AJ Styles. I, I've been a fan of Jerry Lynn for for years uh and you know you got your low key amazing red you know that's when Elix Skipper was uh you know in the uh, exhibition oh, yeah. at that time with uh you know Sports Entertainment Extreme and and Triple uh, X uh with him and yeah. Christopher Daniels yeah um and and uh, low key so yeah I remember you know those days Back you know back then and when you know ten dollar on Wednesdays I <laughs> I had my fair share of uh, purchasing uh, the ten dollar pay per views because of that and you're right I, I think I definitely think that that put TNA on the map um, you know their world title <coughs> scene I remember the first champion being Ken Shamrock you know it was a decent name you know a decent name coming from the WWE and becoming champion and then Jeff Jarrett having <laughs> having his fair share of title reigns to and I understand it was his baby, kind of like Vern Gagne had, you know, many, many title reigns with the AWA, you know, kind of right. protect his baby. And, you know, if it's, no, it's, cool, it's man. one of the, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. They had a cool thing. That was a cool thing going. It had a different feel. You know, even being in the asylum, that you know, that was cool. Um, yeah. But then, you know, absolutely. moving over to Spike TV, like, that was a big deal for them. And, uh, you know, I understand they had to change things. But, you know, the X Division, like I said, to me, was what built TNA. And I, I, it was cool that they tried to redo that, you know, with guys like myself and Shannon Moore, Kid Cash, Austin Aries. It was it was cool. Um, and it was a good time. Yeah. It didn't, you know, it didn't last long, but it was very cool. Mm-hmm. So you you had some you did some work with uh, Brian Kendrick as well, right? You teamed up with him for a little bit. I did. Yeah, we uh, we How teamed up uh, for a few matches. Uh, it was cool, man. Like uh, you know, Brian was always cool to me. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm good friends with Paul London, um, so I kind of like knew Brian through Paul. Um, so it was mm-hmm. cool getting to you know hang out with Brian and, and learn from him. And you know, we uh, I wish we would have got to do more as a tag team, but we did win some matches there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when we were tagging against uh, Cash and Aries. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I had a, a no surrender match as well um, to become the number one contender. How was w- how was that feel? Was was it uh, one of those things that uh, you you weren't expecting uh, when you know I, you were? There was a lot of buzz going, you know, going around about you know this Jesse Sorensen guy because nobody uh, really knew much about him, you know, from just the, the 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 youth and just the the time that he's been, you know, in wrestling. So, I mean, how was it in the how was it in backstage TNA? Were you received well? Um, were people kind of not so well, friendly towards you because they wanted to be in your spot? How, how were you received? Well, I. I mean, I think I was received pretty well only because I, you know, I was obviously I was trained by Bubba and Devon, so and I, I feel like if you have Bubba's respect, I mean, nobody's really going to mess with you. Um, and then also I was brought in by, you know, Eric Bischoff and, you know, Hulk Hogan, two guys that were kind of running the show at the time. Um, so, I mean, I kind of had that, you know, into my advantage as well. And, like, you know, I never I never had problems with anybody there. And, and that, I mean, I Obviously, I didn't go in and just get handed, you know, anything. I had to work for it, and, I, you know, I had to take, you know, take my ass whoopings too. And, um, you know, that No Surrender match, you can go back and watch that. I have that DVD. It's funny. Like, my, I think my chest is bleeding from each fingerprint from Kid Cash from Chops in that match. Um, and I remember that match. I was kind of one of, like, my matches of getting broken in by Kid Cash. Um, and oh, for yeah. the longest time, that, for the longest time, like you can go back and watch any of our matches, and it's just me just getting killed the whole time. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I like, I like I was I was young, man. You know, I'm like, I was like 21, and I had no idea really, basically, what I was doing. I'd just been trained, but you know, a few years ago. Um, so I mean, it was a huge learning curve, and that's why I feel like you know, I, would, I definitely was not handed anything. I had to earn it. Um, and even with Kid Cash, I remember, like, when I first started working with him, like, I had heard so many stories about, you know, about Dave and, like, how he was just rough and, like, you know, he was not the nicest guy to get along with. And, you know, I remember working him in matches and him just beating the hell out of me. And I'd go to shake his hand after the match and, you know, he'd kind of blow me off and wouldn't really work with me a whole lot until one day when finally D'Lo Brown pulled me to the side and was like, hey, man, you tired of getting beat up. And he was like, whatever the plan is out there, he was like, just go out there and start being stiff with him. He was like, just go out there and do your thing. And I remember I just go out and just start wailing, throwing punches at Cash's head and throwing chops as hard as I can. And the dude loved it. And then all of a sudden I was, like, able to get all my stuff in. Like, I was able to shine and stand out more. Um, and then after yeah. the match, like, he comes up, gives me a hug, and he's like, oh, good stuff out there, kid. And, like, I think it was just, like, 
he was trying to beat me into the business, you know, like Cash had been around for a long time and he wasn't going to let anybody take that spot. And I think like even Dave knew at the time, like he was one of the, the guys to try to help build me up. You know, his, his, his run was kind of coming to an end there. And, um, you know, it was about bringing in the younger guys and putting over the younger guys, but he made me earn that. Um, which I, looking back, I appreciate, you know, at the time it sucked getting beat up, you know, three, four nights a week by him, but, uh, you know, it was cool, man. And, like, I learned a lot from him. And, like, with anybody else in the back, like, you know, I worked so many different guys, but I never had any issues with any guys or, you know, that I know of. Um, and everybody was really cool to work with. Yeah. Yeah, I man, I, it's, it's funny because I remember, I remember Cash in his ECW days when he had long hair. And he was he was smaller because I remember he he became like he was a shorter relatively shorter guy still is a relatively shorter guy but he he got he's thicker you know bulkier towards oh, yeah, uh, dude, you know the end, the end of his uh, career towards the uh, uh, what last five or ten years of his career but I remember yeah, the ECW days like he, he was a smaller guy yeah it looked like he ate kid cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember thinking the same thing when I saw him at TNA. I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, yeah. dude's got massive. And it's, it's weird because, like, that's what I always thought about Cash. Like, like very oddly massive. Like, if you meet, ever meet him in person, like, he's really – he's a big dude. Like, he's really short, but it's very odd how big he is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that because I remember he was uh, feuding with uh, Rhino uh, in, in ECW for a while. and. Yeah, he was a smaller guy, and he would do a lot of high flyer moves. And I just watched him evolve over the years. When he was, uh, I think, I think one of the biggest times, one of the most, I think one of the biggest times where I remember seeing just the evolution of uh, Kid Cash from a physical standpoint is when he started teaming up with Jamie Noble with the Pit Bulls. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that was probably one of the times that I remember him really starting to. Uh, really starting to have a bad boy feel to him. I think that really kind of uh, gave him a, a push. And then after that, we really saw just a heelish, just no nonsense, you know, type of look to him and, and feel to him. And I can I can tell that those chops and those hits was, you know, definitely had some undertones to him. Like you know, boy, this, is, this little, is for real. Yeah, they were. <laughs> They were a little stiff, but uh, no, it's cool yeah. that they actually did that too. Because I mean, that's how Dave is. Like he's a cool dude, but like he makes you earn everything in the ring. I mean, I remember there was times, you know, after I had kind of already earned my stripes and taken my licks, that like he would be in there with guys like Zima and Tony Nese and just chop mm-hmm. the hell out of them and look at me and laugh about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. thank God that's not me anymore. And I remember like going <laughs> in the locker yeah. room, and, like Zima's chest is like just looked like he just got branded. And he's sitting there rubbing his chest, and Cash is laughing, and he's like, hey, remember that used to be you? And, like, thank God it wasn't me anymore. He got to the point where he didn't do that to me anymore because he knew I'd tag him back. But, you know, I mean, that's that's wrestling, you know. Like, that's how you got to be. You got to learn to take it, and, you know, you got to have thick skin. And But once you get past that point, it becomes, you know, it's, I loved working with Dave once I got past the point of just getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of that's wrestling and, and Zima Ion, you um, then you had had some opportunities to become X Division champion, um, and they didn't really pan out the way that you wanted to. Um, and but but you you had a match against, uh, and I remember seeing it live um, against Zima Ion, 
And, I mean, it, it was just surreal uh, just to see that spot. And I remember seeing, like I said, I remember seeing it live. I mean, I saw the the event, um, and it was just unbelievable how just so sudden that that was. And and just just take us back and just let us know, you know, just how uh, it it really how, how you felt. Was it? Of course, it was a, a miscue. But how how did the miscue happen? And just what were your thoughts at that time when uh, you were just when you, when you suffered the in- injury? Um, well, I mean, my thoughts were it sucks, you know. I mean, I went from wrestling. It's, it's funny because I watched that match. I've seen the match a hundred times, and I watched that match. And up until the point that I break my neck, that was one of my favorite matches at TNA because everything mm-hmm. in that match was just flowing so well. Like I know. Zima and I had done one of the European shows and like we did almost the same match and everything flowed well. And I even took the moonsault in and everything went pretty, you know, pretty well. And like that match was flowing really well. I was, I was really happy with how it was. And I actually like kind of started coming into my own. Like I know that night I'd kind of ditched the, uh, the PD Williams team can to the jacket and like kind of mm-hmm. started doing my own thing a little bit more and I was starting to feel a whole lot more comfortable and I was getting the good push towards the X Division title. So like that night before the injury was one of my favorite nights at TNA. Um, but I don't, you know, the injury, like everybody says something different, you know, like I, I know I turned around and I seen Zima go for the moonsault and I look up and I, I tried to put my hands up to just block cause I seen nothing but knees coming at me which normally, like, any time I've ever taken that move from somebody, it's, like, straight legs spread out. And I don't know, like, if it was just, like, a, a botch on his end, my end, whatever it was. But I looked up, and, like, instead of his legs being straight, he's in, like, cannonball position, and he's coming fast. So I, mm-hmm. I try to put my hands up. And then next thing I know, it felt like I'd just taken, like, a really hard hit to the head. Um, and, you know, I'd been knocked out before, actually, <laughs> by Kid Cash. I'd been kicked in the face and knocked out by him, you know, like a month before that. So I knew what it felt like to be knocked out, so. I remember it felt like a really hard hit to the head, and it kind of knocked me out. And then I remember uh, Stifler, Brian Stifler was the referee at the time. Um, and he came up and checked on me, and he was like, hey, man, you know, you got to get up. And I tried to, like, push up, and I was like, I had no feeling from, like, anywhere. Like, my hands were numb. My legs were numb. Um, so I went from, like, wrestling to be completely paralyzed. So, you know, it sucked. And, I, you know, I started freaking out, and I told Brian, I was like, look, man, I can't get up. I'm paralyzed. And then that's when, like, all the EMTs started coming out and it started getting a whole lot more serious. Mm. So was it was it on was it kind of like a neck down thing? You didn't feel anything, or did you have any type of movement in your body? Um, like, if you watch the video, like, looking back, like, I've talked to doctors, like, I have some nervous twitches because my body just pretty much goes into shock. Um, but, like, originally, like, it was, like, when I tried to push myself up to get up, I had no feeling from the neck down. Um, and I didn't even get feeling from the neck down until, like, I think it was, like, a day or two later. Mm. What were your thoughts on your on your wrestling career? You know, and even, and even you know, on, on top of that, did you, did you have doubts that you'll have feeling in your, in your body again? Or was it more of a, let's get back to wrestling, let's get this together? Or is it more uh, kind of a, a, a petrified feel of, you know, I may not have feeling in, in, in my body again? What were your, yeah, that, how extreme were your like, thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's pretty extreme, dude. Like, I, it's not something I would wish on anybody, but like, 
you know, wrestling was probably the furthest thing from my mind at the time, just because yeah. when you're laying in ICU with like, you know, tubes and wires attached to you everywhere and you can't feel anything like, and you, you pretty much think you're going to be eating Slurpees for the rest of your life. Like it sucks, you know, like, yeah. so wrestling, I definitely was not thinking about wrestling. I mean, I was thinking, you know, man, maybe wrestling was a mistake and wrestling kind of put me here. But um, my main focus was just to feel something again and to be able to move again. Um, and then, you know, I, I gradually got feeling in my upper body and then eventually like, you know, obviously I got feeling in my lower half and started walking again, but you know, that was my main focus. Um, and I didn't yeah. even think about wrestling probably until I got home, um, from the hospital. But like my, I spent, I think I was in ICU for like four days and like the whole time in there, like I just, you know, I didn't feel sorry for myself, but I was like, definitely like, man, this is a sucky situation. Like, you know, and then I had my mom and, you know, all my family and friends and stuff there. And, like, nobody knew if I was going to walk again. So that's all I focused on was just being able to walk again. I didn't, you know, wrestling was, yeah. you know, a side thought. Absolutely. How long did it take for you to start feeling in your upper body and then your lower body? Um, I think it was probably about three days before I got all my feeling back to where I could really, oh. really had feeling and I could move again. Um you know, like, I think it was, like, the second day, like, I could, like, move my hands around and stuff, which, you know, that was that was cool. And, I, I mean, I remember thinking, like, when I originally, man, I was like, it's depressing. Like, there's no way you can describe, like, just going paralyzed and then waking up in ICU and you still can't still can't move. Um, I remember right. I was depressed. Like, I was, you know, I wanted to die at that point. And then when I got feeling back in my upper body, I was like, you know what, I could deal, I could live with this. You know, I, at least I could move my arms and stuff like that. Um, and then I was very blessed and I got feeling back in my lower body and, um, I was in the hospital a week and I walked out by myself and got yeah. myself in wow. my truck, got myself in my truck and I remember my mom drove me home. So, I mean, I was technically, I was only in the hospital a week after that, that major injury and I walked out of the hospital. Yeah. So I was very lucky and wow. very blessed. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So how long after the injury did you go and and wrestler mode as far as, you know, I got to get training again. Uh, it wasn't, I wasn't really in wrestler mode. Like I kind of, you know, like it was such a serious injury and I was told, look, like I was once told you'll never walk again. And then I was told, well, you'll definitely never wrestle again. You know, you should be happy that you can walk again. Um, and how serious the injury was that I would never wrestle again. And it wasn't until I think I watched, uh, I actually had this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. It wasn't until I watched TNA and I saw an interview that Zima did um, about my injury and kind of like poking fun at it. Um, and that kind of like lit a fire under me and like made me go, all right, I need to get back into wrestling. Um, so, I mean, it was a couple weeks, but then I, I really started wanting to do it again. And I always thought like, hey, you know what, I'll heal up and I'll go back to TNA. So that was the original plan. So, got a but comment I, I, here in the weird wrestling. Uh, yeah, I got a comment real quick in Real Wrestling down that chat room. It says, stuff like this is why I shake my head at the people that say wrestling is fake. Isn't that the truth? Uh, <laughs> very very true right there. Uh, what were you saying? Well, it was about, I think it was about eight months after I broke my neck that I actually got back in the ring and started started training again. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said the uh, the interview about Zima Ion lit a fire. Now, let me ask you this: Was, was there legitimate uh, animosity 
between the two of you, or was it like you know this is a part of the business, you know just let it go, just you know I understand this is it was a freak accident. Uh, w- were there legitimate feelings, you know, toward towards Zima, or let us know about that. Um, no, I mean no, there was it was up and down, you know. Like I said, the the thing that fired me up and made me want to wrestle again was the fact that TNA used. You know, they they use Zima. Uh, they use my story of breaking my neck to get Zima over, which was, you know, that's cool. You know, I mean, they did the same thing. Owen Hart did it with Stone Cold. You know, I mean, it happens. But you know, I hadn't talked to anybody from TNA about that or anything, and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll watch TNA. You know, and I turned it on and I see that, and I was like, oh okay, you know, like wrestling's gonna be a little real when I go back. Um, so, so you know, I, uh, I I got fired up on that. And then him and I, like, you know, we weren't, like, great friends. We weren't buddies. We didn't hang out all the time. But we did, you know, work a lot of uh, matches together, you know, on the show, on the indie shows and on the house shows and whatnot. And, you know, like, I didn't talk to him for probably six months after I broke my neck. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I sat home and I heard from a lot of people and I became friends with a lot of people in the business that I'd never even met. And that was that kind of started to build up a little bit of animosity between the two of us. And I didn't see him yeah. until I went back and did uh, the whatever Destination X pay-per-view where I came out and did a promo, um, right. a live promo in the ring. I didn't see him until that day. Um, and me and him still, like, we didn't really talk much there. Um, and I think, like, at the time, like, I don't think he really knew what to say to me because it's been so long since we had talked. Um, and I remember, like, he had at one point had told me, you know, hey, I lost your number. And I thought it was a BS excuse, and we kind of, like, had a little falling out there. And it wasn't until he actually worked Dakota Darso later on in the Impact taping that Dakota had come home and told me, he's like, hey, you know, I had a long talk with Zima. You know, he just he felt bad, but he didn't really know what to say. And so him and I got on the phone, and we, we talked for about an hour and squashed everything. And, like, I think we both kind of put each other in each other's shoes. Like, from my situation, I thought I was just sitting at home with a broken neck, and this dude just didn't call me. And, you know, like, the way I thought of it is if, I did that to him. I would be calling every day. Hey, bro, you okay? Hey, you need anything? You know, and I think, like, he just didn't – he felt so bad that he didn't know what to say. So that was that was why, you know, I never heard from him. And we squashed it, and we're cool. And, I mean, we're cool now. I've I've been waiting, hell, three years now for the rematch. So somebody's going to book it eventually. You know, <laughs> now we're cool now, man. Like, But, like I said, you know, him and I, we talked about working in, you know, a rematch for God knows how long, three years now. And, you know, still yeah. waiting on somebody to book it. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a uh, there's a, a promotion that's um, you know that, that has a, a haven of, uh, uh, of of people that the WWE have uh, uh, peeked in and, and grabbed out of, and called Ring of Honor. You've had some time there too, so possibly that could be an an opportunity for you two to have your rematch. But after after you uh, you came back and you were cleared later that year, now there, there's there's been years and years of of, uh, of reports, uh, you know, as far as you know, the past couple years um, of, of what really happened with, with you and TNA's relationship. Now, 
you were cleared to come back. Did they have something set up for you? Was it a, you know, we'll wait until you, or as soon as you're cleared, you're good to go. I know that you cut the promo, and I know that you, you know, you were cleared the, the, the letter that year. Now, how come you never had an opportunity to come back and really kind of reclaim, you know, your X Division status and even, you know, go for higher, uh, go for, you know, greater heights? What happened in between that time that eventually led to your release? You know, man, it's weird. Like, uh, that's I can sit around and ask that question all day long. And, you know, I have buddies and people ask me that all the time. You know, I uh, I did come back and I cut the promo. And there's a lot of material from the hospital of me breaking my neck, you know, and doing interviews. Even, I mean, they put cameras in my mom's face, you know, to do interviews. And there's a lot of stuff that was done and a lot of stuff that I felt like could have been done. Um, and, you know, I was brought back and I, I got a backstage job and, you know, that, that was cool. You know, I learned a lot from the producers and, you know, a lot of the guys there. Um, I learned a lot, you know, behind the scenes and how everything's ran production wise and which is actually, you know, it's helped me put together some of the indie shows I'm on now. You know, I like to help out with some of the independent shows because there's a lot of guys that don't understand production and they don't understand sticking to times and they don't understand how everything works. And, um, so I've actually been able to give input on that stuff. So I did learn a lot in that position, but my thing was I always wanted to wrestle and I wanted to be a wrestler. And I was always pushing. I remember I would send videos like every week to Bruce Pritchard and, uh, you know, Dixie and like, you know, send them videos of me wrestling, but you know, it never, it just never seemed to go anywhere. So I don't know. I don't know if they're just on their end, if they're creative, just didn't have something planned for me or, or what the deal was. But, you know, I, I was appreciative of my time there, you know, doing the production thing. And, you know, although I did want to come back and wrestle there, it just, you know, I guess it wasn't what they had planned at the time. So, you know, I think during the time of releases, there, if you look, there was a lot of people released, you know, it was, I guess they were doing budget cuts or whatever. And, you know, my position, yeah. you know, probably wasn't really needed, you know, it was just a production hand. And, you know, I, I took what I learned there and I used it. I still use it today. You know, I, I help out on a, there's a show in Miami called Ronin Pro Wrestling, you know, I help out with production and stuff there. So it, it, it actually helped me a lot doing that. And it gave me more of a respect for the business because I see what those guys do backstage, you know, cause when you're a wrestler and they're trying to rush you to pre-tapes or interviews, you don't really, you know, not that you don't care, but you know, you kind of take your time getting to them, but you don't realize how important they actually are until you're in the position of those producers. So it was cool. And, you know, I mean, as far as like the wrestling thing goes with them, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't work in the office there, so I couldn't tell you what the deal was or why it wasn't why it wasn't pushed for, uh, you know, me to be back on TV. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm wrestling now, so I'm doing my thing and I'm having fun, so. Mm-hmm. So it's been two years since your release, just about, and has, have they reached out to you at all? Um, you know, I'm cool with everybody at TNA. You know, I still talk to I still talk to several people that work there. I still have a lot of friends that work there, but, no, like we, uh, as far as wrestling goes there, I haven't. I haven't reached out or, you know, I haven't had anyone reach out to me about wrestling there. So, you know, that that was a kind of a chapter in my life that I'm really appreciative of. And, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be a Paragon world champion right now, probably without that, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I get to do. You know, I still, I still travel a lot with wrestling and still get to do a lot of cool things in wrestling. So, and I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for TNA. So, you know, I'm appreciative of my time there. Um, and I think that was just like a chapter in my life that, you know, the door's probably closed on and I'm cool with that. You know, I didn't get to do everything that I wanted to there because of certain situations that, you know, weren't really in my control, but 
you know, it was a cool time and, you know, I'm happy I was there, but now as far as like going back or as far as talking to anybody there, you know, I, it's not really something I even pursue. So it's not, it's not a big deal to me. So, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who listen to this show and there's, you know, tens of thousands of people who, uh, read my articles. So if you want me to start a hashtag that says, bring Jesse back, just let me know. You know, you have my contact <laughs> information. So, <laughs> no, man, you know, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're doing their thing. And I, see, I, I mean, hell, I've seen they're signing a lot of guys. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure their roster's pretty much stacking full. So, I mean, good luck to them. They got a lot of good things going on right now, but they got a lot of talented guys. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm happy, you know, doing my indie thing and, you know, working for, I'm working for Paragon now. And like I said earlier, I think Paragon's going to be a big thing, man. I think, you know, people are already talking about Paragon, so it's only going to get bigger, and especially once people see the TV in the first episode. Um, so yeah. that'll be really cool, and you know, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So that's interesting because uh, Global Force Wrestling will have their tapings in Vegas too. Um, how? What's the distance between your tapings and Global Force? Ta- how how uh, close are you to the uh, Orleans Arena? Um. I'm actually not too familiar with with Vegas and the layout, so I'm not sure how close mm-hmm. they actually are. I know, I mean, I'm sure we'll be running on different days, so I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I've actually I worked a show for TNA in the Orleans Arena, um, which is a cool little spot, but I'm not sure how far apart they are, you know, Samstown and the Orleans. But you know, like I said, I think they're going to be ran on different days. Yeah. So that's another promotion, you know, that's up and coming and has got a lot of buzz. You know, it's Jeff Jarrett, so you know it's going to be something big and it's going to be something good. You know, yeah. He started he started TNA and look where they are today. So, you know, you never know what could happen with that. You know, uh, you know they're yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of that, has uh, GFW or NXT reached out to you? Um, no, man. I'm just actually like I said, like right now, like I haven't uh, I haven't really pursued you know any other any other areas of wrestling other than, you know, I do my indie shows that, you know, I, I, I do take bookings, um, you know, there for a while I wasn't taking bookings, which I have to blame uh, Alex Chamberlain for, for getting me back in. Like, you know, I was, I was doing pretty well, you know, for a guy who didn't have a college degree and dropped out to be a wrestler, I was doing pretty well for myself. Uh, and I work in the medical field and I was doing really happy, you know, I was, I was really happy and doing my thing and I was kind of done with wrestling. And then, like I said, this promotion Ronan down here in Miami, Alex Chamberlain got me on it. Um, and if you look on his Instagram page, you'll see a, a picture of me on there where I don't look too thrilled about coming back to wrestling. But he got me started, man. And then, like, you know, he actually got me excited and wanting to wrestle more. Um, and so I started working for Paragon, which, like I said, is a really cool – it's a cool environment, and it feels it feels professional. And it feels, feels bigger than just, a you know, an indie show. Um, and it is. And, you know, I, I really, like – I haven't I – was, I was friends with Jeff Jarrett, you know, for a long time with TNA, and – you know, I'm not sure what they have going on there, but I haven't, I haven't tried to reach out there or NXT or anywhere like that. You know. Yeah. Is that a desire of yours to be on NXT? Can you see yourself there? Uh, you know, actually, I watch NXT every, you know, every week, and like, God, that product has just gotten huge, man. Like, it's it's like its own Absolutely. little. It's you know, it's its own WWE pretty much. You know, it's it's, its own yeah. promotion, and I mean, like the people they have, they're really talented guys. I know they got a lot of names. They came from Ring of Honor and from the indie scene that are really cool. And I see a lot of guys on there that I know I could have good matches with. And, you know, if that if that opportunity presents itself, you know, that's something I would definitely consider. Um, it's just not something I've tried pursuing. 
Uh, you know, I've watched a lot of guys from Ring of Honor that I watch. You know, like Sami Zayn and you know, uh, you know, Kevin was it Kevin Owens now. Um, those are guys I've always wanted to work with. Uh, you know, I know he just moved up, but I've seen you know Pac, Adrian Neville. Like, I watched his yep. stuff on the Indies, and that guy's amazing. You know, and I've seen the matches like him and Cesaro had. And it's just crazy, man. They're stacked with talent. You know, and that's one thing is WWE is definitely not hurting for talent. You know. I know there was a point that's where right. people, you know, kind of wondered who the next stars were going to be, but NXT stepped up and shown that they're they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think that's an excellent, excellent point. I think there's so so many people, and we and, and perfect that you brought up Neville um, or Pac, uh, and I've I, I had the pleasure to see uh, Neville versus Cesaro live, and uh, yikes, it was absolutely an absolutely amazing, amazing match. So yeah, man, I, I mean, I know that uh, you know I'm all. I'm all for, you know, Paragon Pro Wrestling and I love the fact that, you know, they're a they're, they're not your typical indie promotion, you know, and and I definitely uh really want to hope the best. I'm glad that you, you know, are already a top guy there. I think you deserve it. There's so much, I think there's so much untapped talent in Jesse Sorensen that the world I mean you're you're a young kid, man, and, and you know, and you got so much time left in you. Uh, in wrestling, and, and I'm glad that you realize that wrestling is, you know, in your heart, and, and that you that you still want to go at it, man. I I, I really hope that um, you know people are looking at you. People are looking at you uh, in the Connecticut offices. I, I really hope so. I think you got so much potential, and uh, I think that you well, would be it, fantastic in NXT. Yeah, man. I, I think that you I think that you would be fantastic in NXT. I think that you would fit the mold very well in NXT. And so I wish you the best there, man. Any closing thoughts before we close? Well, I mean, if you feel like private messaging them, that's cool, man. I'm all for that. You know? There you go. I'm telling uh, you, man, I, I, I've got some pull, dude. We can start hashtags. You got, if you got, if you got some pull you there, want, let me know. I'll send you my address. You just send my contract in the mail now. There um, you go, no, man. man. You know, NXT is a great product, man. If that, if that opportunity ever presented itself, you know, I would definitely, you know, I'd have to strongly consider that and like i said there's plenty of guys there I, was, I know i could have great matches with and you know like the paragon thing you know it is a little bit different from the the typical indie thing and you know i, I feel like it's it's on the ups you know and you know yeah. there's a lot of competition yeah. out there in wrestling but you know i feel like right now in wrestling like everybody brings something different you know nxt is completely mm-hmm. different from lucha underground paragon's completely yeah. different from nxt you know like everybody's got something and that's what's good, and that's what I think made me fall in love with wrestling is because there was ECW and WCW and WWE, and everybody had something different. You know, it wasn't nobody ran the same stuff, and I feel like wrestling's finally getting to that point to where everybody's got a little bit something different, something that everybody can watch and enjoy. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, what would be very awesome would be that you know Paragon being in the in the Vegas area, being West Coast, that WWE was would start you know, looking at Paragon and and the production and, and, and how legit they are and how they're all about business. And, uh, hey, man, um, that that could even – Paragon has the opportunity to be even more and more popular. It could be a good recruiting round for the WWE and how to make even more talent and more uh, people want to – wrestle for Paragon uh, and devote themselves to that if they know, you know, that uh, WWE, you know, are eyeing people there. So uh, I I wish you the best, man. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I appreciate it, man. You never know. I mean, I'm already – tell you what, man, since I started working there, I can't tell you how many guys have been wanting to get work out there. So, 
You know, it's it's obviously yeah. it's a place people want to work, you know, and, you know, like we said earlier, the dirt sheets are talking about it. So who knows, you know, hopefully good things in the future for it. Absolutely, man. Any uh, upcoming events? Um, yeah, we have the uh, the next Paragon taping, um, which is in Vegas. Uh, it'll be at the, uh, let's see where we're running, Samstown, um, on June 2nd. So everybody needs to come check that out if you're in the Vegas area. Awesome. Man, greatly appreciate you, and thanks for taking the time out to speak with us tonight, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. All right, have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, on mine. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one again with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat Tie the do-rag before we do battle You're talking shit, you are what you speak This too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that Trust in God, we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power Power on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, fit the class to the champion. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And once again, thank you, Jesse Sorensen from Paragon Pro Wrestling for taking time to uh, to speak with us. And I'm really, really I'm telling you, I'm serious, man. And I will have uh, Derek here in just a moment. And Ryan Fuqua was here to join us. Well, giving us a little Ryan's then talking about Seth Rollins uh, tonight, and it's, it's, I'm looking forward to that. But it, but I tell you what, man, Jesse Sorensen, man, he's got so much potential, and, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people who uh, I, I like to interview and. Uh, a lot of people reach out as well, but you know we only got we only hear once a week. Um, but you know there's there's people who 
I seek out to get an interview with, and Jesse Sorensen was one of those people because I've always seen so much potential with Sorensen, and I think he has a, a fantastic future. He's only 26 years old, and he's got he's got so much you know he's got so much to learn. He's only been in the business for seven years, and you know came from T- Team 3D Academy, was eyed by Hogan and Bischoff, so he's already got he's already got some good endorsements already. So that's awesome, man. I really think that Jesse Sorensen will be in NXT really someday, and I, and I hope sooner than later. And and I know that uh, you know we're streaming live on RealWrestling.net, and I know that you know uh, Blitz Report will be uh, getting this. Uh, will be hearing this interview. PWMania.com will be hearing this interview, as well as many many other, uh, as Sorensen would say, dirt sheets. Uh, as me as the dirt seat rider would say, wrestling sites uh, would would. would they're going to hear the interview, and I and I really hope that we can get something going and and have you know people in the WWE look at Jesse Sorensen. So hey, here's the hashtag. The hashtag is the, the bring Jesse here. Hashtag bring Jesse here, and uh, hashtag NXT with that too. So hashtag NXT and then hashtag bring Jesse here, and so. There, there you go. I ho- hope this t- hashtag, you know, kind of gets some steam so people can start listen- looking at uh, Jesse Sorensen. So, um, <laughs> pancakes and power slams five days a week, make it happen. Hey, I tell you what, if uh, I had enough, uh, if I had another enough listener support, uh, you, 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 you on right. I'd, I'd have it five days a week. You, yeah, I, I. I tell you what, I hire on. Uh, well, you know, uh, Derek and, and and Ryan are part of my staff, and hey, I, I'll give them full time funds, and and there you go. <laughs> I would absolutely love that, and I'm sure that uh, Derek would love that too. Would you agree? Hey, I definitely agree. I mean, this is such a fantastic thing to be part of the wrestling world. Pancakes and power slams, Tuesday night Titans is what we are. I mean, we've got people, Chris Featherstone, he's able to bring in Jesse Sorensen. Awesome, awesome interview, eye-opener. We just had D'Lo Brown on not too long ago, the Patriots, Tyler Rex. We've had so many people on this show. Chris knows how to pick them, and, and they, flock to, they flock to what they know is going to give them notoriety and uh, what's going to give them awesome press. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slams, 90 minutes. is never enough because five days a week, I mean, forget it. I'll quit my job today. Yeah, we'll make out a contract, Mr. Featherstone, and uh, sir, sure. kindly sir, and uh, we'll uh, iron this out. We'll get this taken care of, and I'll, I'm the first one knocking on your door. Absolutely. Uh, that sounds like a good idea to me, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, hey, you know, we can start a campaign and and get enough, uh, you know, uh, funds to to make this five days a week. And hey, uh, if the the person who commented that and, and the people who are liking that comment, uh, if you can start going and and uh, start off by <laughs> giving CraveWrestling dot at gmail dot com uh, through PayPal, and if we see that uh, we get enough steam and enough dollars to to go ahead and start up. There you go. Pancakes and Power Slams five days a week. Sounds like a good idea. 
All right, so before we go into Raw, we're going to skim through Raw. Let's get a little bit of insight from another staff member from Craig Wrestling, Ryan Fuqua. And, I, you know, I'll tell you what, man, Ryan is uh, one of my closest friends, and, I, I man, he, he's like a brother to me. And we agree on a lot of things with pro wrestling. Uh, but we disagree. When we disagree on some things, like we disagree. And one of the things that we disagree with is Seth Rollins. And, and we had a good conversation today about Seth Rollins, and I just told him, I said, hey, Rollins does not draw. And it's, I mean, well, it's, it's, it, it proves that he doesn't draw. If you look at the ratings, and, and there's been a lot of reports about, you know, Rollins not drawing and him being not, him not being the guy and I think that they pulled an audible. I think that it was a shock value for WrestleMania. Um, I kind of think the WWE is kind of backtracking a little bit. I just don't see – I see no money. But, hey, listen, Ryan, that's Ryan Fuqua's boy, and he's here to defend. So have your, <laughs> have your moment, sir. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, Chris, you're right. When we, we disagree, we disagree big time. Um <clears throat> no man, uh but talking about the shock value at WrestleMania, I don't know if it was so much as that if it was that or so much of just them really not wanting to put the belt on Roman, um and just moving on and just you know, the money in the bank was a good excuse to put the belt on Rollins. Uh, but either way, man, I don't Put all the blame on him. I know he's the champ, and you know we've talked about that. I think times have changed. I don't think the champ is the main draw anymore because if you look at Raw, it's a three-hour circus. Like, Vince now is the circus promoter, and I'm not taking cheap shots. I'm being – I'm just saying, like, from your diva spot, maybe even a – well, semi-lucha spot when you got, like, lucha dragons on, just – there's different things now, but overall, I'd say Rollins just needs a new feud. You can't have him, like I said, talked to you about earlier, you can't have him. <laughs> he feuded with uh, Orton since, like, what, Survivor Series, even though Orton wasn't around. It's been the same thing for him, and yeah. him and Orton were, like, third or fourth on the card, and then you make that the main event the next month. That's a big leap. Um I don't know. I just think it's part of it is it's the same old stuff. I don't think it's just because Rollins is champion and people think he's boring. I just think the booking of it is just it's kind of like Roman, how I, I don't like it's the same old thing with him with, against Kane or Big Show. Uh, I don't think it's the talent now. I think it's just the way they're being booked. And I know we've said that for years, but I really think it holds true now. Yeah, I, I can I can being a Rollins you being a Rollins fan I understand your approach, but at the end of the day, let me ask you this: at the end of the day, and we know this, and I said this to you before, character over wrestling. The the seventh the Seth Rollins character has yet to find his niche. But he's world champ. So do you think mm-hmm. that he should have found his niche and gotten the groove first, or do you think it was you know they, he they, he should have been champ and then 
you know, have the risk of drawing little like he is now and then eventually yeah. kind of getting steam. Oh, yeah, just the regular guy in me is always going to say, you know, find your niche and then be the champ because uh, there's there's only a few guys you take chances on, and that's like your Brock Lesnar's or Kurt Angle's, and those guys don't come around that often. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always going to say that, you know, just find your niche first. Um but I, I think Rollins' niche is just being that weaselly heel. Um, he just needs a super face. And Randy Orton, you know, I'm a Randy Orton guy. He's not the the type of face that Rollins should be facing. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, Edge. Edge was that weaselly heel and, you know, getting one-upping on people and everything. And he had... Uh, at the time, whether people liked him or not, I mean, Cena was the super face, and that that helped Edge. Their feuds were great. Yeah, but the thing is with thing is with Edge though, and I and, and I'm going to bring Derek here to, um, to to chime in. The thing is with Edge though, is that Edge had two really really good heat magnet females with him, which was Lita and Vicky. And they were heat magnets. And Edge was really trying to get into his niche and, you know, having the the heel turn with Shawn Michaels and, you know, uh, really starting to – and the thing is, even with his heel turn, he really didn't find his niche. I remember he won the the world championship at uh, New Year's Revolution and then lost it just, you know, (laughs) two or three weeks later at the Royal Rumble. So they didn't have enough faith in Edge to carry the title. He really didn't find his niche until he really started drawing heat with Lita and drawing heat with Vicky. That's when that's when really he found his niche. And I can see, you know, at this point with the smarky crowds, you know, this isn't 2002, you know, anymore. The, the crowds are even uh, bumped up and even more smarky and and amplified, and they're not willing to give anybody a chance. And so, Derek, I mean, what what do you think? Do you think that WWE kind of are, are is is backtracking by by what they're doing with with Seth Rollins. Do you think they're even going to take the strap off him earlier than thought earlier than we think? I think they could take a strap off him earlier. It's just for the fact that Seth Rollins is he's not the superstar of the future, but he's a good filler. And it's you know kind of like you know Edge a little more than filler because, I mean, he really marquee at a lot more events. Not to say that Rollins won't, but he's not. I mean, everyone's awaiting for Brock Lesnar's return or Roman Reigns to, you know, something is going to happen and Seth Rollins is going to be pushed to the wayside. And I like Ryan's comment about uh, Vince McMahon being the ringmaster in the circuit show. That's almost what it seems like at this point when you don't have the powerhouse Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman in there, you know, really plugging something, almost like a main event status. It's still, still, it's, hey, it's uh, John Cena and the Seth Rollins super fun happy hour. And (laughs) it gets stale, but again, Rollins is a good filler. I mean, he's doing what he's going to do. If he's going to do any more, that's great. But, uh, yeah, that's my stay on yeah, let's go. Let's go to Raw real quick, and I'll get both of your uh, takeaways, and then uh, we'll we'll go to the payback predictions. Um, 
and we'll talk a little bit. Of, we'll try to fit in some NXT on ESPN too. Um, I would like y'all's take on that. Uh, but it, before we get to Raw, I gotta say at least one trivia question per show. So the trivia question is: Who was the first African American? And and I'll tell you, this is for my experienced trivia guys, my experienced trivia people, because I've been the past few months I've been uh, trying to be nice and ask some 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 good trivia questions. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> I need to bump it up a little bit. So uh, the question on deck here is, who was the first African-American to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Who was the first African-American to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Just real quick with Raw, I thought Raw was a snoozer. Oh, my goodness. This is probably one of the worst Raws to me. Uh, in months, probably this year. It's probably the worst. I'm not, I'm not going to say the worst Raw of the year, but the, I would say at least top three to five Raw, uh, worst Raws to me. It was a snoozer. Uh, Triple H's in-ring promo, he, he, he returned. Seth Rollins appears, so they should have put Kane out of his misery. Kane comes out, argues with Rollins. They go back and forth. Triple H books matches for payback. Main event participants. Now, the first match being Dean Ambrose defeating J&J Security. Dean Ambrose is the Cincinnati boy, and I'm sure that uh, Derek, who's wrestled with Ambrose before, has uh, enjoyed that moment. Uh, Bad News Barrett, or King King Barrett, defeating Dolph Ziggler. Uh, then we get uh, uh, Sheamus uh, attacking Ziggler post-match. Then we get Rowan defeating uh, Fandango. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk more about Elimination Chamber next week. Uh, do we think that it's you know we'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, try to fit in the, the pay per view talk uh, in, in the closing mm-hmm. moments that we have uh, tonight as well. As far as if there's too many pay per views, I like Ryan's take on that too. Neville defeating John Cena by disqualification. I think that's probably the only perk of the night that was an excellent match. And, you know, hey, love him or hate him, man. John Cena knows how to make people look like stars. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, we get the word buried a lot, and I and I definitely agree with that. Uh, but, hey, if there's somebody who knows how to make somebody look good as well that would be that would be uh, John Cena as he did with two NXT stars Neville and Sami Zayn and I and and I don't know I don't know who can let me know good job Bob Sack uh Bob Sapp absolutely fantastic Bob Sapp um and who had a horrible MMA record though <laughs> he was I mean, he's so popular but his MMA record and his kickboxing record was absolutely horrible. Uh, but some reason he was, you know, Japan thought he was a star, and he did well in Japan. But, uh, yeah, I, Neville and Cena was really good. Uh, Rusev comes out and attacks uh, Neville and puts Cena in accolade. Uh, then we get some uh, Roman Reigns and Kane, no contest. I mean, and Brie Bella, Macho Mandow versus Kurt Exacto. I call them the mega, mega powers. Uh, the Ascension interrupts. This is just a throwaway. <laughs> this is just a thrown-together, pointless, 
you know, raw uh, pay, payback pre-show now. This was totally pointless. And and Macho Man now, come on now, just absolutely ridiculous. Then we saw, we also saw uh, Cesaro defeating Big E, and then the Bray Wyatt and uh, Ryback hype. Uh, the promo with uh, primetime players, the New Age Outlaws, was funny too. Uh, and then, you know, we get Daniel Bryan doing his in-ring promo and vacates the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, you know, it was pretty much the writing was pretty much on the wall. And then eventually we get the main event of Orton defeating Seth Rollins by DQ, and then back and forth with the main eventers. You know, Roman Reigns uh, eats a uh, Randy uh, RK. Well, uh, Randy. Randy Orton eats a spear, and then and then Roman Reigns ate uh, some dirty deeds. So, start with Derek. Uh, just takeaways from Raw. Uh, take away from Monday at Raw again. Yeah, well, it's kind of a snoozer. But I do have to say that the Cincinnati crowd does love their wrestling. And, I mean, it's near and dear to my heart of anything that Cincinnati's ever produced, and I hate their professional football team. But, anyway, so let's. They do. They're very passionate, and they were given a very horrible display of, you know, what they should have been given. Uh, but the Cena Neville was absolutely fantastic. Fondango was smashed, and uh, that didn't sit well with me. Macho Mandow and Axel. I guess they're going to be a tag team now, it looks like. Man, that's fine. The Ascension, again, it was thrown together. It was stupid. I mean, the sad part, Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's really a self-made superstar that just made it his business to be at the top of everyone's favorite list and you know, how many more titles is he going to have to relinquish you know doggone it yeah. it's a shame and it's disgusting and that's sorry yeah. for him but overall yeah Monday Night Raw again snooze fest Cincinnati deserved better yeah Ryan um once again the, the New Day versus Cesaro and Kid Feud is just the most entertaining thing on television for me right now. Yeah, uh, number two would be the U.S. Challenge. Um, if it wasn't for the Cena-Neville match, that Cesaro and Big E match would have been my favorite of the night. If you go back and watch that match, that was really good. And that, yeah. that pinning combination Cesaro did, what in the world? That Yeah. yeah. I, I, that, that left me speechless. Um <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Bryan, yeah, it's tough, man, because that was a guy who was on his way to be, like, in my permanent top five and just, like, liking him more than, like, the height of how I liked The Rock during Attitude Era. So that really sucks. Um, but you know me, man. He's got one more left. Let's get that. Let's hashtag the double retirement match, him and Angle, WrestleMania 32. <laughs> Nice. Uh, yeah. I would. I would totally one be on time that. And one time. One sure. time only. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I. I yeah. totally. I'm on that. I, I will support that hashtag until I can't <laughs> hashtag anymore. <laughs> Double retirement. Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, next trivia question, real quick. Uh, who retired the ROH Pure Wrestling Championship? Who retired the ROH? I'm telling you. I'm, I'm hitting hard today. Who retired the Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Championship? All right, uh, real quick thoughts on ESPN. Uh, thought on thoughts on the NXT uh, on ESPN special, Ryan. Uh, ESPN got Adam Rose over 
quicker than WWE ever did. I, yes. I want to see Adam Rose be successful now. <laughs> that was yeah, my biggest takeaway. Yeah, the same thing. I mean, you really see life behind these wrestlers, and that uh, you know, there's people too. They all have their own struggles. I mean, there's been several wrestlers that's probably had you know situations that just go beyond what the uh, the fans see. And it's you know, I've seen Adam Rose in a new light, and a lot of people have. Not that he deserves anything better or more than other people, but you know, just things happen for a reason. And yeah, it was a really touching. Uh, Broke kayfabe like I've never seen anything else, but you know, it was what it was. And I liked it. It was, it was a great addition. I'd like to see more of them. Yeah. Uh, Brian Danderson is the correct answer. Good job. We had someone who said Nigel, uh, as in Nigel McGinnis. Uh, good good guess, but Brian Danielson defeated Nigel McGinnis to retire the ROH Pure Wrestling Championship. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it was two great stories. I think that uh, you can tell, and, I, and I'm like, I like the fact that uh, Triple H is, is behind Xavier Woods because I remember when he was Consequences Creed and TNA and teaming up with Jay Lethal was Lethal Consequences, and I saw some. I, I saw a lot of potential with with uh, him then when he was Consequences Creed and Austin Creed. You know, back then I saw some potential. When he first came in with uh, R-Truth and, and the Funkadactyls, I wasn't a big fan. He was good at NXT, but when he came in on the main roster, uh, it was just, uh, it, it wasn't very good. But I'm I'm glad that it's organic now and he's found his niche. And I think the best way to put Adam Rose with his push, and I've noticed that they haven't put him on TV, which is a good thing. Let people draw some suspense and want him to see him back. I think him and Fandango as a tag team would be pretty good, uh, uh, for sure. So, um, all right, uh, and then lastly, let's go into just uh, flavor of the week. We we really don't have much time. We'll talk about it more more later, but uh, we'll talk about it more in, in the coming weeks, or we'll uh, kind of uh, postpone it to another time. But real quick. Derek, who is your favorite cruiserweight champion? Uh, favorite cruiserweight? I've got a lot. I got Chris Jericho, really. Uh, he stole the spotlight for that. And uh, yeah. Chris Benoit, Guerrero, all those guys, but Y2J. Mm-hmm. Ryan, who's your favorite cruiserweight champion of all time? Oh, I'd have to go Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, uh, maybe. Eddie Guerrero be. Maybe Dean Malenko though, because he doesn't get the credit. Oh, Malenko, yeah. that's that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I would have to say, I, you know, Jericho all the way for me. Guerrero, a very close second, just because, you know, the the, the feud that Jericho had with Dean Malenko over the cruiserweight title was probably Jer- one of Jericho's best feuds. I think it was absolutely amazing. And then the Battle Royal when he was sequel pay and. Uh, when when Sequel Pay won the Battle Royal, when he was uh, and put the mask off, and he was Dean Malenko, and such an amazing feud they had uh, with the Cruiserweight Championship, and it was awesome. And then uh, when uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio had their Cruiserweight title feud in the WWE, uh, it was it was great as well. Had a um, uh, um, and then when uh, Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio's Cruiserweight uh, title feud was good too. So awesome stuff. All right, let's get into payback predictions. Ah, I 
tell you what, I am not looking forward to this pay-per-view at all. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about whether there's too many pay-per-views uh, another time. I think that uh, there are, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week as far as, uh, in depth as far as uh, to <laughs> whether it's, there's too much pay-per-views. Um, but, yeah, we got payback coming up, and... Uh, um, we we got a four way. We probably we basically got just <laughs> everything just uh in, in different variations. So Ryan, New Day versus Kid and Cesaro, two out of three falls. Who you got? Uh New Day. I think on the uh second fall, whoever's not whoever's the third guy, you know, comes in and you got your fresh New Day members, so no uh, way they can lose. That's yeah. Yeah. Derek, who you got? Yeah, I got New Day. Same thing. There's a hot tag team now. Yep, New Day for me. Uh, I guess I guess we'll talk. Uh, Axel and Sandow, I guess the Ascension real quick. Who you got, Ryan? Uh, the Mega Powers. Yeah. Yeah. Who you got, Derek? <laughs> yeah, same thing. Me too. You can't deny it. I mean, that's, Ascension's got nothing. Yeah. Mega, Mega Powers for me too. Uh, Ziggler, Sheamus. Who you got, uh, Derek? Uh, I've got Ziggler. Sick and tough. Ryan? Seamus. Barrett Neville. Ryan, who you got? Uh, Hard's going Neville. Derek? I'm going Barrett. Uh, I got uh, Barrett and uh, Seamus. All right. uh, And then Cena Rusev, real quick. Uh, Derek? Uh, Cena. Ryan? Uh, I'm going to go Rusev on a swerve. Ooh, how about that? All right, All and right. if uh, I got I got seen I got seen it running. Um and then real quick, we got about uh, 10 seconds. Uh Fort Fedor four way, Ryan. Rollins. Yep. Derek. Rollins. Rollins. Uh I say Rollins, but just random. Orton pulls a swerve, joins the authority and goes heel. Boom, I said it. Good night and have a good uh time watching payback. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.